0: you know what that sound means welcome to the most interesting part of your day an exciting episode of the metaphysical mysteries with your intrepid hosts dr terry trubla and tom greenhall always finding the seekers in this world and reporting it directly to you the free and the brave we encourage all of our fans to check out our website at www.themetaphysicalmysteries.com where we have more content and reference items links to many of our amazing and cutting-edge guests we are excited to have you with us again and as you know this is the must-do podcast for anybody who is anybody in the metaphysical field we cover everything from ghosts UFOs Bigfoot amazing healing sciences and leading technologies that are simply the coolest We'll bring in researchers, doctors, and authors, and give you content that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out our latest merchandise, and proudly wear and use the Metaphysical Mysteries clothing and accessories. Now, on with our next episode.
1: Good afternoon, folks. Hey, this is Dr. Terry and Tom, and we're here with the Metaphysical Mysteries podcast the most interesting part of your day and we have with us an exorcist yes. this is going to be fun <laughs> and uh june lundgren you're from oregon correct yeah. yes okay she is an author of a ton of books i'm going to let her talk about all of them because they all sound really cool to me and uh a nurse psychic medium healer animal communicator and probably a whole lot of other stuff that's lesser included. But most interesting to me is uh, doing exorcisms, working in the dark side. And, you know, here on the podcast, we don't get to talk about that very much. I mean, I do touch base on it every now and then. uh, And I do ask people their thoughts on it. But most people kind of stay in the rainbows and unicorns. And so, (laughs) June, uh, what, what, what brought you to that side of life? Oh,
2: you know, I've always, um, I was raised by my maternal grandmother for the first six years, five, six years of my life. And she was a psychic medium. And so she taught me everything that she knew about the dark side, and which wasn't, which was minimal because she dealt with it once or twice. And that was it and didn't want to deal with it anymore. So, I was, I've been able to see uh, demons in their true form since I was about four and a half years old. So, you know, Michael, the archangel has always been with me in, in this lifetime. And he said, you know, this is something I want you to do. I want you to watch. I want you to learn how they work and, you know, how they influence people, what they do and how they do it. And so, you know, you're four and a half, five years old, like, oh, it's a game, you know, so you, so you watch. And uh, he said, you don't have to worry about them seeing you because I'll make sure that they can't see you and so that you you can watch them and be invisible. When you're a kid, you think, oh, good, I'm invisible, you know. (laughs) But I've been seeing them that way since then. And um, I didn't really start actually um, dealing with them on a one-on-one basis until um, I was in the military. I was uh, up at the air base, and there was a young man, evidently, who didn't report to duty, and I was working in emergency room at the time as a nurse, and they wanted us to come because they were going to open the door into the man, young man's barracks and room, and uh, basically, they thought he was dead because they hadn't seen him in a few days, and this was a guy who was never late, never sick so they opened up the door and here's this guy curled up in a ball against the wall and as i moved closer i could tell he was still breathing and then i heard a noise and i saw an uh, old demon up in the corner of the room basically waiting for him to die and i told my friend that was with me he was um, one of the techs there and he was his mother. His grandmother was into Santa tree and Santa Maria and stuff like that. So he knew all about that the dark stuff. And I told him, I said, "We need to get him out of here now." So and I just looked at him, and he knew that there was something. So we got her. We got him out of there. We got him back to the hospital in the emergency room, I went out to get uh, an IV to start an IV on him. And when I came back into the room. The demon was leaning over him, trying to pull the life force out of him. And it just made me really, really mad. And I told it, I said, this one is not yours. This one belongs to us. And whatever he saw in my face, he left and did not come back. And so we went on and he was in the hospital. He ended up with a medical discharge because someone had slipped PCP into a soda. He was a chaplain's assistant. He wouldn't have harmed a fly. But because of that, he was, you know, got given a medical discharge. But I spoke with him before he checked out and went home. And he said, I had the weirdest dream. I'm like, really? And he said, Yeah. He says, In the dream, there's this demon. He's trying to suck my soul out of me. And an angel appears. And she tells, she chases him away. I said, well, that's God's way of telling you, you know, you're working for him. So don't worry about it. He's got your back. And that was the first time that Ariel ever came forward. And I never really thought about it or it didn't occur to me until 1988 when I, 86, when I died in a motorcycle accident. I died and went to the other side. And Michael was there. My grandparents met me. And Michael says, you have to understand who and what you are. Your body was created to hold Ariel the archangel so that she can do the work in the physical realm of existence. And I said, how can that be? You know, I'm just me. And he said, look upon yourself. And I said, how can I do that when I don't have a mirror? And a mirror just magically appeared. And I looked a lot like him. I was like seven feet tall, 12 foot wingspan. I had dark auburn, long hair and blue-green eyes. And he says, this is who you truly are. And he said, you were sent back to rel- relive physical world lives until you learned to have compassion for mankind. In 1198 AD, a woman cried out for help to God saying, you know, I'm possessed by a demon. I need help. And God sent Ariel to take the demon out. And she looked at the woman and said, you summoned this demon and you want us to take it out? You know, and so she reached in and she ripped the demon out of the woman's body. And that killed the physical body. And then the soul was released to heaven. But God told her, you know, you have no compassion for mankind. Says, this is this is the second time you've done this. So you're gonna have to go back and relive, live physical lives until you learn to have compassion. And she didn't, that's the last thing she wanted to do is come into the physical world. But this is life number 131. And it's her last lifetime. She's good after this
1: one. She can
2: go back and stay on the other side.
1: Wow, there's a lot to unwrap with everything you said. I got like a thousand questions in my head.
2: Well, people say that they see physical manifestations when she comes forward. You know, wings coming out of my shoulders. You know, my eyes right. turn white, face changes, and voice changes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been doing had been doing this for years before somebody was brave enough to say something to me. Right. When they said, and they said, you know, do you realize what happens when she comes forward? And I said, No, I'm a little busy removing the demon. You know, I've got got my hands full they said, well, this is what happens. And every, I always wondered why they looked at me funny, but you know, I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. And uh, I guess it happens every time. So that's what people tell me.
1: Isn't that cool? I mean, it, it, the, uh, so many things to unwrap literally. I'm, I, I've, <laughs> I've, I, guess I got to start with some basic, basic stuff. Um, one, um, the, the, uh, The number one thing I would say is, you know, how would you define a demon in your experience?
2: In my experience, all the years, all 64 years, a demon is something that cannot be born into a physical body. It is unable to do that. The only way it can do it is by possessing a body otherwise and they don't you know people think oh you know they possess a body and they're going to stay there forever i'm like no no no. i said a demons don't want to be in the physical body in the first place they do it as a parlor trick more than anything and to get what they want i said demons would rather stay away from it i said and you know in the war between heaven and hell you know the the, the war was caused simply by that fact the white light souls wanted to you know Lucifer was part of the white light souls they all were at one time and some of the white light souls said you know what we're tired of traveling we're tired of learning we want to have physical bodies we want to know love we want to have children you know we want to live in a physical world and the followers of Lucifer were avidly against it they didn't want to have anything to do with it they didn't want to be regulated to a shell where they are subject to growing old pain disease you know that was not for them and that's what started the war but michael and ariel ended it michael disarmed lucifer and ariel disarmed his son and god says i'm going to give you exactly what you want he said but you can't live among us So he opened a rift into a dark realm of existence and he put them in there and said, This is your kingdom now. So, but you can't live among us. And he sealed it. And over the billions of years, they've found ways to come into the physical world by creating dark portals or using portals that people open by doing paranormal investigations and not closing, which irritates me. But, um, you know, that they just don't want to be physical. They, it's it's being subject to a shell. It's like putting you in a box. They don't
1: like it at all. Well, I guess if people understand that they come from an expansive, huge expanse, to be compressed into a physical body is a, a prison for all. Purposes. Yeah,
2: it is basically.
1: Yeah, I and mean, even biblical, they talk about being in a prison. Really talking about going back into the body because it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, it is. It holds you there.
2: It's it does sad. it weights you down you feel so heavy you don't feel you know whereas and when you're the pure and when you're in your pure energy form you can just come and go as you please with a thought
1: yeah exactly mm-hmm. as fast as you want yeah speed of thought yeah so when you when you run into folks who have uh, what well, in the metaphysical world they call attachments mm-hmm. um do you see an attachment as a different kind of energy than say a straight up demon or you consider it all just a variety of the same stuff?
2: Well, I see, I see the entity. If it's a yeah. demon, it's a demon. If it's a earthbound, then it's an earthbound,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: nine times out of 10, they don't come to me unless it's a demon. Right. You now, whether it be a minion or whether a lot of times people don't understand that a demon just doesn't wake up one morning and say, Hey, I'm going to attach to Joe Bow over here. That doesn't happen. the right. The little creepy crawly guys, I call them creepy crawlies They used to call them in the old days imps, but they go out and they basically solicit, find people, you know, like a prostitute, you know, they, like a John. They go out, and they, find, they find the the victims, you know, and they they watch them. They'll wait. They'll watch them. They'll see if they're meet the criteria for the uh, the lesser demon or the old demon that they're working under and if they do then they'll tell them and then that demon will watch and it can be days weeks years even that they're stalking you watching you Mm -hmm. i mean it it doesn't they have they have no sense of time so to them it's but a moment years are a moment
1: exactly You notice do you notice um and this is i'm just going from some experiences here tweens they're not quite teenagers and they're a little bit past kids where they start to, these things start to come in and I almost call it puppeting. They're from a distance
3: mm-hmm. and coming
1: in and out and then they get closer and they get closer and they get closer. Mm-hmm. until eventually it's almost like a skin on skin thing. They don't know right. the, the difference between their thoughts and this entity's thoughts. Right.
2: Yeah. That's, that, yeah, that happens all the time.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Not just with teenagers. It happens with adults because, or mm-hmm. they'll think, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm cursed. I'm jinxed. I've got a black cloud hanging over my head. No, you don't. You got a demon stuck to your ass.
1: Plain how, simple. how would you uh, recognize the difference between a, a true mental illness and a, and a demonic influence?
2: Well, that's the that's the ticket. A lot of times these demons will attach to someone who has a mental illness mm-hmm. or you know, some sort of a you know problem, mental problem. And that makes it much easier for them to get in. Right. But the difference is I can see the demon separate from the individual. And when I remove and I find out why I can reach into the demon's mind and find out why it is attached to this person, how it came to find this person. And usually it will be, you know if it, if the person does suffer from a mental illness, I've had one such of those lately. Uh, it will say, you know, this is how, you know, it in its mind, it will see, it will show me what it, what caused it to come, you know, close to this person to choose this person. So I'll know that the, that is the, this person has mental illness, and so you have to be very careful about how you talk to them. And a lot of times, they don't know the difference between their mental illness and this thing that's attached to them. And the, basically, the first thing I do is I just detach and kill the demon. And then, you know, it gives them and then I clear them. You have to clear the individual because having a demonic attachment, even if you're not possessed by it, leaves negative energy, residual residual negative energy within them. So you have to clear that because if you don't, it will attack. Another one will come along and say, oh, Bob was here. Okay, this is a good one. This is a live one. I'm going to attach to this one. You know, so you have to clear it. So many people don't realize you have to clear all of that. Even even past lives. If a person has fought the darkness in past lives, that is another thing that will attract these things. Because each soul has its own vibrational frequency. And say you bested um, this demon A uh, three lifetimes ago well this demon a knows your vibrational frequency and it's looking for payback so it will search until it finds you
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then it's on
3: yeah i sound like it, you
1: this sounds really weird i feel like i'm talking to myself <laughs> <laughs> you, you say the same things i do so uh, it's, it's nice it's nice to know you uh, everybody's simpatico here so uh, tom you deal with a lot of mental illness so you want to follow up a question on
4: that Yeah. um, What is it that you have found? I know you said mental illness is a gateway for these entities. Mm -hmm. What else have you found? Um, One thing I've heard in the past is people with the addiction challenge.
2: Exactly. It's what they're looking for. What attracts them is substance abuse issues, um, physical abuse uh, from the family, from a history of it, whether they're in an abusive situation at that particular time, whether they have mental illness, whether they're whether they're depressed, or whether they're lonely, or they feel like they have nobody, no support, nobody understands them, nobody believes in them, and they need a a, 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 sense, they have no sense of belonging to anything or anyone. And chaos, oh my God, they love chaos. Demons love, if you go into, say you go into a trailer, and there's junk everywhere, I mean literally everywhere, it's in total chaos. And these things love chaos are attracted to it as well.
4: So I guess the follow-up to that would be, have you ever seen a correlation with the ACEs score, the advanced, uh, adverse childhood experiences or, and a or PTSD?
2: PTSD, a lot. A lot. I had a gentleman that was in uh, Iran and he was uh, a sniper. And when he came home, What people fail to realize is in the Middle East over there, they have these people who summon the demons and will attach them to our soldiers. And that's what happened with this guy. And he was being bitten. He was he had scratches down his back. He was flipping houses and things like that. And he went into this one house. And there was a pentagram in the house. Somebody had done satanic worship. Um, and he was having a hard time. He was being attacked constantly whenever he was there. And so he called me in and I went, he had painted over the pentagram and everything. And I came in and because I, I like to go in cold. I don't want to know anything other than he's attacked. That's fine. You know, you can tell me that. But I go in and I'm like, I go to the back bedroom and I said, there was a pentagram on the floor here. I said, you painted over it, didn't you? And he says, how can you tell? He says, I, I can't see it. I said, because I can see it. I said, I see the residual energy left from it. I I see it. I can see it. When I look through Ariel's eyes, I see all of that stuff. And so I had to clear that out and clear him. Because it was after that he was fine. But I told him, I said, this is where it came from. This is why it was here.
4: And they're going to keep you busy just going from site to site, clearing people up. Yeah,
2: yeah. Fortunately for me, I can do it from a distance. I've done it as far away as Australia and the Netherlands. So I don't have to be physically there, fortunately.
1: When you talk about destroying them, how does that work?
2: You have to understand that demons, angels, they all exist on a different plane of existence. And one of the things I learned when I died and went to the other side was that thought becomes reality in there in the, the light realm or the dark realm. So these things. Oh, stop talking to me. they people they talk to me when I'm busy. Of course <laughs> they do. <laughs> but um what what was the question again see they got me sidetracked
1: <laughs> the destruction um, oh
2: that, they they both you know they're both in a totally different realm of existence so when i do battle with them you know ariel comes forward she comes out of me and is within that realm of existence and i see and hear what she sees and hears and i can see that her she draws her white light swords and she fights with them. It's old school, you know, sword against sword, javelin against javelin.
1: Have you ever heard the swords when they're on oh, yeah. sheath? Isn't oh, yeah. that cool? Yep. Nobody and, believes that. I mean, yeah. until you oh, yeah. hear she it. Used,
2: yeah, she uses two.
1: Yep. She keeps
2: the, them on her back. She has the yep. sheath for them. And she pulls them out. And they do battle. And she kills them. She All she has to do is run the sword through them. And yep. they disintegrate.
1: It's very cool. Yep. You know, how do you get it across to people? I mean, you don't have to, but if you, people are really, truly trying to believe you and they don't think you're a nut job, you know, because <laughs> I know how, to, I mean, how do you try to get that across? What's your technique?
2: Um, I think I really don't try to change a person's mind. Okay. Really? You don't have to. Once they see me do the removal, their mind has changed. Right absolutely changed if I'm in person and if I do it from a distance they can tell by the change in the atmosphere by the the feeling that that it's gone and they don't have any more problems with it
1: totally I you know and distance doesn't make any difference at least no because they don't
2: have yeah because they don't there's no distance on the other side
1: right exactly I remember doing one in India Mm -hmm. and uh that was that was cool uh, it was fun to fun to do. I'd I get a kick out of it myself because it's, to me, quite frankly, I guess when you get to a certain point, it's kind of boring. I mean, yeah, you know,
2: it's it's matter of fact. People don't yeah. understand, you know, that they're like, you're so matter of fact about it. I said, well, when you've been doing it for 64 years, yep. you, you know, you kind of, it's it's everyday stuff. It's not something that's new, you know. Every now and then I'll get something like demons are, you know, demons evolve just like, You know, angels evolve. And some of them have been lately pushing their evolution. And when they do that, they literally go crazy. And it's like, it's quite interesting. The first time I ran into one of those about six or seven years ago, I'm like, really? You're psycho. You're psycho. Even the other demons will shun them them because of this. Because they're so unpredictable. Mm -hmm. So it's usually the younger ones that are trying to force their evolution
1: and how do you think younger ones come into being in the first place i mean do you think they were all made at the same time and then just have lesser experiences or do you think they were actually created so to speak
2: um no we were all we were all human we were all physical beings at one time long before we were here and that's where god found us and we were on a planet and he helped us to evolve we got rid of war we got rid of famine we got rid of disease and the whole our whole pursuit was in the pursuit of knowledge and so that and after a while we all evolved into pure energy those that were the first and were the strongest were the the legion michael gabriel raphael and ariel these were the basically the founders and they have most power and everyone evolved and then we as a group we traveled all the galaxies you know and saw planets being created you know black holes coming into existence you know uh civilizations coming into existence so we saw everything that we could and learned everything that we could and then we got to the point where we wanted to be physical again so that's that's what caused god to find a planet
1: for us gotcha does well let's go to the concept of uh, some of these, what we call ascended masters, uh, Jesus is one that comes to mind. Yeah, of yeah. Metatron. Okay. How do you, you how do you reconcile him with the demons? And you know, of course, b- biblical stories of him casting out demons. How do you how do you figure that worked?
2: Oh, they work in the same way that they're they are they are actually archangels, and they have they have come down into physical form to teach and, man and to bring light into the world. And once they've done their stint, so to speak, they move back to the other side and they stay there and they start helping other people through physical people Mm -hmm. and they connect with them. And every now and then Melchizedek will come (laughs) on a removal. He's, he gets excited about it. He's like, oh, I want to join. I'm like, okay,
1: come on down. We'll do it. (laughs) <laughs> Let's do our thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It used to be a little bit of a buddy system. I think like they get yeah. a out of it. Yeah. Yeah, they
2: they enjoy so, it.
1: So the concept of the um of course, and this is a Satan, which is you know just it's too completely mischaracterized in the biblical sense. Two different oh, words, yeah. Greek, and it's not really the same yeah. thing. Um, but there are names. Uh, there's, of course, demon books out there and so forth yeah. with names and so forth. Uh, biblical, b- biblically, there's some names that are given forward. Do you think any of those are true or are they misprinted? A lot of them are
2: misprinted. A lot of them are made up. Um, when I encounter a demon, I know it's true name. But I prefer, you know, because every demon was at one time a light. You know part of the light yeah. so they have light names and dark names uh, i don't like to use the name satan because yeah. lucifer is lucifer and you know he is what he is he has this avid respect for the legion and i have a friend there are seven archangels in the world today beside myself and one of them is Haino, and a friend of mine in scotland has hano within him and Lucifer and Haino were best friends before the war. I mean, he was as close as you could get to a best friend for Lucifer, mm-hmm. considering he was an asshole, you know. Yeah. But um, he will go to visit Haino, my friend uh, that has Haino within him, and they will have they'll watch TV together. <laughs> they'll talk, and he told him, you know, I'll protect your family. He says, you know, he says I want us to remain friends always. So, you know, that's a good thing. And he asked him one time, because my friend's like, next time he comes, I'm going to ask him what he thinks of anti Ariel. And uh, I laughed at him and he's like, so he asked him, he said, I said, and what was the response? And he told him, he says, Lucifer's response was, respect the assassin. There you go. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. can't ask for better than that, you know. You no, don't, he knows that if Ariel wanted to, she could come down there and, and kill him. Right. But then, you know, you have the devil, you know, against the devil you don't know, you know. Right. And as long as he keeps control of his people, then that's okay. Oh. The minute he doesn't start, the minute he stops taking care of his people and falls behind, then she's going to take care of it.
1: Yeah, you know, the Catholic Church has their own view of how to do this. It's it's. Old and antiquated in a lot of ways, or at least a lot of people say that. Oh, yeah. Um, but they do say that they come in groups. And I, I guess I would concur with that. It's it's kind of rare yeah. to see one without. Yeah, uh,
2: demons travel in packs. Yeah. yeah, they're like they're
1: like. And do you notice? I, I I kind of equate it with a wolf pack. They don't send the alpha male out to do the job. They send mm-hmm. one of the lessers to yeah. go try and see how they, they make it. Yeah,
2: they, they, they,
1: they you know they throw them under the bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, when you talk to one of the lessers, you know they immediately tell you that they are Lucifer, and they come. I said that's a lot. Oh, yeah. That's all okay. oh, yeah, yeah. We're not anything like that. I matter of yeah. fact, I, I mean we're on a podcast, I can cuss a little bit because I do cuss uh um, when yeah. I'm dealing with them, you know, and I'll tell them you're yeah. just a, you're just a pussy. And I'll yeah. say stuff yeah. like that, you know. And yeah. uh, and um, and because I, I said if you could do this, I said, you know, and if it's a true demon, they're, they're gonna know things about you. Right. You know, tell me my birthday, you know, that yeah, they
2: of- can reach into your mind and pull out sure. your idea of what they you think you should they should look like, and then they'll present themselves as such. Yep.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah you know, um, I've got family members that can, can see on that side as well. And mm-hmm. so, uh, one that was pretty interesting, um, and this was a friend actually, you could see and um, saw people like in a hospital, like an, almost a mental thing, or even a nursing home, yeah. you'd see them right. and they would be doing something like this, you know, I'm making this mm-hmm. movement twitch towards my ear like this. And, um, this one said, well, yeah, there's a little demon right here, and they would be poking them in the ear, and so they're really mm-hmm. reacting to that. Oh, and so yeah. from, a, from a mental health point of view, the doctors would think they have some kind of an issue when, in right. fact, there's actually a little demon standing right there. Yeah,
2: yeah. talking to them, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, what
2: I've been seeing a lot lately is they will create one of the uh, creepy crawly dudes, one of the de- lesser demons or the of the uh, old demons will take the creepy crawly and... Squish it into a ball and stick it in, stick it on top of the brain inside the skull, and so that it can influence the individual. And I'm like, really, you know, give me a break, yeah, you guys. On. It's like, come on. But yeah. it, it's been happening a lot lately, and yeah. they've been, you know, they've been doing becoming a lot more inventive.
1: Yeah, we're seeing a lot of really weird stuff in society right now. Oh yeah you know what I'm saying? Things that uh-huh. you know, yeah. we would never have dreamed of just 20, 30 years ago. like' oh, yeah. seen all this bizarre behavior right. and, and thoughts and the way things are supposed to be. To me, it seems like there's a lot of attachment to that um, influence to make us think this is a new way of living or a new way to look at things. What are you, what's oh, your yeah. thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, they do that. They try to you know get, get into your mind and make you think, different things and it's like they can't get into my mind that way mm-hmm. but you know other people they do and you have to take it with a grain of salt because if their lips are moving they're lying 99.9 percent exactly. of the time
3: percent,
2: you know and if i want to talk to l i'll talk to l lucifer it's yeah. like i had a i was on um back in 2000 i think it was 16 or 17 i was on um uh the Clyde Lewis's uh podcast Mm -hmm. and uh they did a four-hour special on me and uh I got like over in the first couple days I got over 200 requests for help and one of them was a local woman that said that she was possessed and I'm like okay uh, send me a picture so I can see what's there and she did send me a picture and I'm like damn you are Okay, you got 11 of them little buggers in there. Yeah. So I had a friend that was that's a ordained minister and then a girl that works with me, um, my group, uh, Ghosts and Girls Paranormal. And I told him, I said, you have to prepare because you've never been in on something like this. You've never been in on an exorcism. And my friend that was the uh, ordained minister, I said, God told me to bring you because you fear the dark ones. And you can't do his work in fear of the dark ones. So you need to come and you need to prepare. So they both came. We went a week later. We not I knocked on the door and she opened the door and the demon was in full possession, one of them, and spoke to me in Aramaic and said, get out of here, bitch. And I'm like, and slammed the door. My friends are looking at me like, what the heck was that? I said, don't worry about it knock on the door again (laughs) she was in control this time it was hilarious and like so it took like three hours it never takes me three hours but because there were 11 and i got down to the last one and i reached into its mind and i saw that it had been given a job to do for lucifer and instead of doing it it just blew him off and just you know went on his merry way and then Lucifer started looking for him and so that's when he hid out in this woman and i told him i said you know you can go home if you want to i said if you really and truly are you know repentant you can go home no i can't no i can't i said yes you can i said i'll ask jesus to come and take you home and so i said jesus come forth and my friends are standing in front of me and the girl sitting in the chair in front of me, and they parted as this huge arm came through, and reached out towards the woman, and the demon was about to take it, and then he said, "No, no, no! You're lying! You're lying! You know I can never go home," and so Jesus withdrew his his arm, and then I said, "Okay, Lucifer, come forth," and he appeared at the end of the hallway, and started walking towards us. The uh, thing is, my friend saw this guy, black shape in a fedora, double-breasted suit, spats, that sort of thing, you know. But that's what they he wanted them to see. I saw him in his true form, and he told the demon, you know, you're coming with me. That's it. You're coming. Right. And the demon said no. And Lucifer looked at me and said, I know you don't want me to harm the woman, so I will come back for him tonight. And he turned around and walked down the hall and disappeared. And I told the woman, I said, don't worry about it. So they're all gone, but one, I said, and he'll come back for it tonight. So we all went home and in our respective beds at 3 a.m. I heard Lucifer say it's done. So the next morning I called her and she said she hasn't felt empty like this for over 20 years. I told her, please get counseling. I said, you have PTSD from this. So she did. She did start counseling. So that which is good, but my friends to this day can't get over the fact that they saw the good and the bad in the same place at the same time. And I told him, I said, Dad, I just laughed because you got to make you know you got to think of it in a funny sort of way. you, really so I, you know, I said, Yeah, but you didn't know I lo- you moved. I moved in such uh, exalted circles, did you? And I started laughing and they're <laughs> laughing. I'm like, you have to, you have to have a sense of humor about it. I mean, what I do is dark. You have to have a sense of humor.
1: Yeah, if you don't know who you are and you don't know what's available to you, don't yeah. go try to do this. Yeah. You've got to really yeah. know yourself.
2: I've had people that say, Oh, I do what you do. And I'm like, Hmm, let me think about that. You do what I do and you have a demon attached to you. Let me think about that one. Yeah. No, you don't.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: If I have to remove that demon from you, then I don't think so. What are you doing messing around with it in the first place?
3: Right. Absolutely.
2: <sighs> I don't get it.
1: But people are that way that's it now the classic exorcism like the the movie exorcism oh, gosh, no. now people always want to know is that what you see you know well no no,
3: no.
1: <laughs> no. most you know can people can things or people levitate no. well they can I yes say.
2: i've seen the, i've seen a person thrown yes
1: <laughs> yeah that can be you know so what do you do? Huh? You just uh, push them back down.
2: Yeah, and just know. like help them up and
1: yeah. move on. It's it's a stage show. Yeah. If that if you're worried about all of that, then don't get into it because that right. It, I mean, what I usually say is, well, that's pretty boring. I can do better in a Hollywood movie than that.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I mean, you
1: got it's it's really pretty
3: boring.
2: Yeah, it's not like you know people think it's like a Hollywood movie. I'm like, it's not that way at all. You yeah. know. I said, it takes me, if there's just one or two demons within the person, I can just rip them out in a matter of seconds. Exactly. But, you know, but if it's a whole troop, then it takes me a little bit longer, but I get the job done. That's the yeah. main
1: thing. You
3: know?
1: And how do you, when, since you're a psychic medium also... Okay, so if you're giving a routine reading and Mm -hmm. then, you know, these demons, clearly you're going to see those probably more than the average psychic medium that's not into that. They're unicorns and rainbows. How do you how do you reconcile that?
2: Well, you know, if I'm doing a reading, you you can't believe nine times out of 10. They want a removal. They don't really want a reading. They want a removal because Mm -hmm. they're saying, oh, this is what's." I said. You know, you have an attachment, right? (laughs) They're like, Yeah. I'm like, oh, just give me a second and we'll get rid of the pesky little bugger and Mm -hmm. move on to your reading.
1: (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) You just have to do it. How many attachments have you ever seen on one person? I mean, guesstimation.
2: Well, the most I've seen is 11. Okay. Uh, But, you know, that some of... Rarely do you see the old demons attaching unless it's because Lucifer want something done or there's an issue with an individual from a past life or something like that. It's usually the lesser demons, the young ones that you'll find in the physical world anyway, you know, and they're a pain in the butt. And then, of course, you have the creepy crawly dudes that are out there looking for victims. And But the old ones, when you see the old ones, it's they travel in packs as well. You know, the most I've seen is five. And that was in a, in a museum that shall remain nameless, uh, where I had to remove them all at one time. It took me about five minutes, but it's like, really, you know, don't bring all of these things into this one location where we'd have demonic attachments to them <laughs> and expect things to be unicorns and rainbows. Sounds, it's not like, sounds like Vegas to me. Oh, yeah, it was Vegas. I know. <laughs> it was back in 2018. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah.
1: Do you ever <laughs> notice that there's these people, I'll, I'll call them like yourself, that are kind of behind the scenes and uh, some people that are out in the real public, mm-hmm. you know, they do things, but then when the shit hits the fan, uh-huh. you're pressing the June button. Yeah. Know, so I got some real shit here. Can you come and help me?
2: Yeah, that's usually the way it is. It's like I've had, you know, I've, been in the local paranormal scene for forever, you know, and um, I had one group that was, shall remain nameless, that said I was arrogant, and I'm like, you know what, if I can't do what I say I can do, then you can call me arrogant, but when I can do what I say I can do, and you call me because you need me, then don't spread that rumor. Yeah,
3: difference between calling me mad.
1: difference yeah. between confidence and arrogance. Yeah. And it's just like
2: it's not it's not arrogance. It's confidence. I know what I can do. I know my limitations. And as far as demons are concerned, I don't have any limitations. Yeah. But you know, people is a whole nother matter.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're a bit more complex. <laughs>
2: they are, you know, be, I'm working in nursing, you know, I'm doing 50, 60 hours a a week. And it's like, you know, by the time I get through you know, with the 12 hour day, I'm tired, you know. And I, one time I came out and there's this demon standing at the end of the road at the clinic I work at. There's it's right behind a it's right in front of a stupid graveyard, a pioneer graveyard.
3: Perfect.
2: And I'm like, you know, there's this demon sitting there standing down in the, the road. I'm like, what the hell do you think this is? I said, high noon?
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, go away before I kill you. I'm not in the mood for it. <laughs> And it, and it left, needless yeah.
1: to say, you know, but it's I, like, you know, quit bugging me, man. I, I tell, I told the story on the podcast of a person who called me and, and at their house, they were having a, um, a chandelier that was moving back and forth, like eight or nine inches for 45 minutes. And they were saying, yeah. get out of here, get out of here, all this stuff. Yeah. And, um, so they went to and texted me and I was on the phone with somebody else doing another similar thing.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And, um, then all of a sudden they said, you can disregard. And I started laughing because I knew exactly what had happened. And so I, I called them back up. I said, okay, so what happened? They said, oh, you're not going to believe this. I said, yeah, well, I, I will. <laughs> <And they laughs> yeah, said, exactly. Said, right? I said, when did it stop? And they said, the moment we sent hit send mm-hmm. on the right. text, it went and stopped dead. Yeah. And so that goes to my next question. Do you get a reputation on the other side from, do the demons know who you are before you ever show up? Oh,
2: yeah. know they know the minute that person makes the connection with me
3: even
2: even though they just send an email it don't make no difference Mm
3: -hmm. you know
2: i know the minute i open that email i know what's there they know what's there and what usually happens is the activity will ramp up yes because they know that they've you know they you know i tell people do not acknowledge the demon i said it makes you because you piss them off when you sage because a they know that you know that they're there and that you're trying to get rid of them so you piss them off and the activity ramps up and then you call me or you send me uh email and it gets even worse i said you know it's like but the thing thing is demons are kind of stupid in the way that when you get to a location they only see a human they don't look any deeper. They don't look and see what's inside. And that's their downfall. Because when she comes forward, they're screwed. And
3: mm-hmm. that's
2: the way it is. And when it's when I do it from a distance, you know, they don't see the physical. They just see her coming at them.
3: That's when they shift their pants. Yeah,
2: they want
1: to be anywhere but where she is. Do you give them a choice about what's going to happen to them if they? No. You, know, you just take them out? Yeah, they get no choice. And- for, year,
2: for years, Ariel was was not allowed to just up and kill them. It's only been the last 15 years that God has said, okay, I've had enough of it. I will allow you to kill them from now on. Just, just kill them. I was called in on a, a case out in Gresham by uh, a medium who said that this family is being, you know, pl- plagued by these demons. She says, I can see them. I can hear them, you know. And she says, "Can you come over?" So I went over and they, you know there was a, there was a dark portal in the children's bedroom, for God's sakes, you know, And they were like running around like they're, they owned the place. And I pulled up to the place and God says, "From now on, we're going to, I'm going to make an example of them. From now on, you will kill them. You will not send them back into the dark." And Ariel's like, all right, it's on. Let's do it. Yeah. Game on. <laughs> hear the sword go. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my friend was in the left. My friend that was called me in was in, and she said my guides, you know, blinded me so I couldn't see what was going on. She said, but once the action was over, and and I see again. She said it was like a mass murder said there was blood you know quote unquote blood all over the walls all over the floors everything you know it was just it, it, he, she said it. if i didn't known any better i'd say mass you know there was a mass murder done here i said well there was but yeah, yeah. now we just have to clean it up a bit you know wash yeah. the walls and stuff so to speak yeah,
1: it'll That's, be okay sh- shit happens yep. Yep.
2: yep it does
1: yeah mess with the best die like the rest right yep
2: yep, yep. i don't no prisoners don't
1: take no, no prisoners. prisoners not not worth it it's uh nope. Because I know in a lot of people who claim to do the work, you know, they will push them off to the light, which is an option, I guess, and then seal them back into the darkness, which leaves them available. I always took the position. I'm not even,
2: I'm not even going there at that one. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like these people that say, oh, well, you know, just send them love and light. and It'll yeah. be fine. I'm like, really? No. I'd like to try that. But you know what? Nah, I don't think so. Not in um, my 64 um, years anyway.
1: Yeah, you know, I saw a movie um to try to explain it to somebody. And it was something about Olympus and the Greek gods, but it was kind of the very end when they were up in a battle up in the air. Right. Like, that's what it looks like. It's I mean, that's as close as I've seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know
2: the movie. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And right at the end, and I said, Yeah. And they got their swords out and they're fighting. And I said, That's what it looks like. Yeah. And people go, Really? I said, Yeah, that's exactly what it yeah. looks like. Except it's different than that but i mean for yeah. somebody to get a picture in their head it's like right that's
2: it's the best analogy for it you know people yeah, don't it understand is, is there it, is there
1: is there a scary movie that you think best represents for the average person who can pop it in the in the uh you know C- cd or dvd um what would you say would be one that would represent what it looks like on the other side the best i'm
2: uh, talking about downstairs uh, the dark room.
3: okay
1: Okay, the
2: dark realm is, it's like the pits, of, literally the pits of hell.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't
2: know. I don't watch scary movies because okay. they're all nothing in comparison with what I see. Right. So it's like, whatever, you know. I like the old-fashioned Dracula movies from Bela Lugosi and stuff. <laughs> they, make me but they, well, they left a, a lot to your imagination, you know. <laughs> I don't go in for gore. But I um I really don't. It's hard to explain. If it's like looking into a demon's eyes, if you... When you look into their eyes, it's like every evil you can ever imagine and a thousand times more all in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And you will never, ever forget it and you will never be the same. And it's just, I don't, like I said, I don't watch scary movies, so I don't know, but that's the best I can tell you.
1: Now, a lot of people talk about the red eyed demons versus the yellow eyed demons. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that?
2: yeah the the ones with the yellow eyes are the old demons Mm -hmm. they're the wisest they're the most powerful they're not stupid like the like the lesser demons and the minions those are the ones with the red eyes you know if you got a red-eyed guy you're pretty pretty good because it's a lesser one or a minion and that's you know that's like kindergarten compared to the you know the high schoolers or the college guys the old demons (laughs)
1: You know the yellow-eyed demons are. Uh, uh, some have described them as smartest
3: professors. Th- that they're, they're
2: very intelligent, but they lack. They lack, basic knowledge.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: For them, you know the lesser demons are the ones that are always in the physical world, causing problems and stuff like that. The old demons rarely come into the physical world unless they're doing a job for L or something like that, or they're seeking revenge. But it's like it's they don't care to be in here we're not worth their time and effort Mm -hmm. and they're very smart but it'd be like saying you're book smart but not street smart gotcha you know they're book smart they're not street smart they don't really get how things work in the physical world the way the lesser demons are because the lesser demons are here most of the time
1: i want to ask you this um a lot of people say there is no such thing as this battle between good and evil in the, woo, in the woo-woo world okay that's kind oh, of a yeah. common up-and-coming theory and then everything's actually light just a different degree of mm. light um yeah. what's what's your response to something like that
2: It's all bs i mean there's there's dark and there's no getting around it i mean dark is dark you're never going to change them even though there is there i will say that that each of the each demon holds a little spark of light in them and whenever it Is activated they squelch it down except one i'm gonna i call him herb he this was i found him a few years back and he was i kicked him out of a i was nice And i just kicked him out of a warehouse that a friend of mine was utilizing Mm
3: -hmm.
2: (laughs) and he came to me one day and he said i said what's up with you and he's like because he was like different shades of gray And I'm like, what's up with you? And he's like, well, the spark of light. He said, I let it grow. Mm -hmm. And he says, I want you to go to Lucifer. And I want you to ask him if I can do this job. And I'm like, okay, what job? (laughs) He says, I'd like to be the the liaison between the living and the dark. And I'm like, okay. I said, I'll go and ask him. I said, so I went the next day and I talked to Lucifer and he says, well, I'll talk to the old ones and see if they agree, because he was for it. But so the other he came back to me a couple of days later and said, yeah, they agreed." And so Herb is doing this job. And from time to time, he'll come to me and say, hey, this is what's going on. He'll give me a heads up, you know, some this person needs help or whatever. And or there's trouble brewing here or there. And he just kind of keeps me informed about different things. But he's the only one I've seen that successfully achieved it.
4: Gotcha. I had a question. Um, you know, you hear about people looking at things happening in the world and saying, geez, this is just pure evil. How could someone be like that? Is from your perspective, when those things are happening, is that an attachment, entity, uh, what embodiment of this evil? What, what would you say?
2: A lot of times, I don't know, people probably think I'm crazy, but I call them human demons. Okay. These are humans that have such evil intent that they almost, they almost rival a demon in their need for power, their need for glory, their need to create destruction and despair in the world. And you know there are ones that have attachments and that are in, you know, politics all over the world. And when it's time, I'll remove them. But until then, I have to wait until I'm given permission. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot. You know, I was talking to God um, a few weeks back, and he said, "There's." He had, I talked to him about three years ago, and he said, "Listen, this is what's going to happen." And he says. I'm, i he says I'm going to call it the great conjunction he said things are lining up and what we're going to do is we're going to flip the world from negative to positive he said it'll take a period of five years to achieve and he said that in the next three years it will be an increase in the negativity and there was you know COVID started you know people started having issues whatever and, but now it's going the other way. The light's starting to change things. They're, they're kicking them out. You'll find that these bank issues that they're having, they're getting rid of people that God is helping to get rid of people that are negative. I would call them human demons and replacing them with white light people. These are the people that are in control. So that's what they're, that's why that's starting to happen. But there's also, um, a place that uh, I won't I won't get into it here because people don't people don't need to be freaked out. But there's suffice to say there is a battle upcoming for the Legion and Ariel, and it's one that will give it will bring more light to the world and get rid of a lot of darkness. But it, it's coming soon.
3: You know
1: I get these things I call illuminations. Mm-hmm. and they come through and a lot of them are i call them prophetic for lack of a better term but they're quite elusive in in the way you have to determine what's being said and they mm-hmm. come through so fast it's hard to get it all down yeah uh, properly uh but there was one in particular that comes to mind uh what you're saying mm-hmm. uh, syncs with that almost 100 yeah, 100%. yeah. yeah it's they,
2: i call it the dark abyss
3: yeah and there's
2: no there's no other no other way for it it was created the same time that God was created you yeah. know they were it's the dark and the light and most people don't understand or know about it but I've seen it and it's not a pretty place but that's coming up uh I know in April April eight um August eighteenth twenty eighteen we did Lucifer's son was seeking out Ariel And uh, he was, wants to kill her basically. And I set the date, 18, you know, 8, 18, 18. And we, you know, before the battle started, Lucifer came to me and said, Listen, I didn't sanction this. This is not of my doing. This is my son's and his followers. He says, I will not help him. What happens, happens. And he walked off and so ariel ended up killing him and cuz he was what he was doing was he was pouring more demons into the physical world in search of her and so she held a knife to his throat and said you know pull your demons back and he's like you won't kill me if i do that and he's like pull your demons back he's and uh, so he pulled them back I see, she says i know i'll know if you don't pull them all back and took out about 90 percent of them and then she said you you have been given judgment death and he said and he starts squealing and saying you promised you wouldn't kill me and ariel says no i didn't and she sliced his throat Absolutely. and they, and they took care of the rest of them
1: what was his name
2: it starts with an m got it i'm not, not going to say it gotcha gotcha even though he's dead it just doesn't yeah. do to because there were others that came after that in retaliation for his death
1: of course that's the way it works what yeah. do you think happens to their energy when they're quote-unquote killed
2: i see it i can see it spread like grains of sand out into the stars
1: yep yep absolutely
3: mm-hmm. it <laughs> I'm having it fun. It is more, it is, talk.
2: Yeah, it is no more. You know, people yeah. say, oh, they come back. I said, no, they can't come back. When you or I die and we go to the other side, we can reincarnate, but they right. can't. They're dead. They're dead.
1: What kind of overall numbers do you think they have? Demons, that is.
2: Over 300 trillion. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. We've over the last three or four years, we've killed over a billion and a half of them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But we're doing we I do one on ones, but I do a lot more um, big battles to get rid of them.
3: Yep.
2: You know, the Legion and I just get together, and it's like we find we find where they're staying, you know, because they're they're getting smarter. They're creating pockets in between the bales. They're creating, you know, they because demons are transdimensional. Correct. It people don't understand that they can travel between the worlds and but you just put you just know that you have to basically put on your transdimensional armor and travel through these trans these dimensions and find them. Yeah. And the dragons are a lot of help as well. They've
1: they help a lot. You know, people there's a lot of people who do astral travel. Mm -hmm. but there's very few that I've been aware of that actually astral travel into the lower dimensions Mm
0: -hmm. on purpose
1: on purpose um, yeah. but i do know a few that are really good at it i assume you do some astral travel
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. and it's usually if i go if i go to a lower dimension it's usually a kill
1: that's exactly <laughs> right oh my this is yeah unless
2: i'm looking for one particular demon or i want to speak with lucifer then then it's a whole other situation
3: yeah um, then
2: then i call him he hates it then i call him to me up in no man's land Mm-hmm. he really hates it because it's like transporting him there without his approval. Don't
1: make no difference. Anyway. You know, this gets pretty deep. And for people who are listening to this, are going, what kind of wacko shit are you guys <laughs> talking about? You know, and all I can say is guys um, from my experiences, my, my knowledge about these kinds of things, what June is talking about here, I have heard, you know, over and over again, i experience it myself. So she is not wackadoodle, but she's in a very, very sub-specialty. Um, so specialized that only a few really can do this in an effective way. Uh, there's other people that piddle paddle with it, but this is the real deal. And it gets really integrated, it, it integrated into what she is in totality and uh, what's with her, um, and what she can call upon, and and so on and so forth. And if people actually understood the kind of power that they have themselves, you know, um, she might have a little help then. But uh, in the meantime, with having an archangel with you, that's, that's such a blessing um, to be able to do this work, you know. And I really feel like uh, there are uh, archangels that do if you want to say, be with somebody, loan their energy to somebody, work through somebody, however you want to really say it, I think, you know, because archangels are kind of omnipresent. They're mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, if people call on Archangel Michael and he can go to a million people at the same time, same time. Omnipresent yeah. like God, you know, it's a right. There's n-
2: There's no distance. You know, when yeah. I died and went to the other side. It's like there is no distance. There is no time. It's just, you know, there is the knowledge and you go to the other side. And you can hear every, I heard every living soul. And when I looked down, Michael says, behold. And I looked down, he said, what do you see? He like this bay window appeared. And he's like, he says, you see the ones with the string that's lit up? He said, those are the ones that have made the soul connection. The ones that do not, have not made that soul connection are darkened. He said, mm-hmm. sometime in their life, they may make that soul connection or they may not. It depends upon where they are in their evolution. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah. just know this. Your body was created a whole aerial. And you and her are essentially one. Yeah. She adds, You have one foot in the physical world and one foot in our side. And we, we hear you. We, we understand you at all times we are with you.
1: I tell people it's like being on water skis. You know, you can you can lean in one way and go this way, lean in the other way and go this way, but you're kind of yeah. walking both sides of it at the same time. Yeah,
2: yeah, you have to. It's, it's, it's just, a, you have to absolutely. just walk that line.
1: Fascinating, fascinating. Um, Tom, I know you got a question uh, that's pending, so you want to hit it?
4: Yeah, my thought was earlier in this recording, you said that there were. Folks talking to you, were they trying to send a message to the listeners? Was there something?
2: They're just trying to put their two cents worth in. Like, tell them about this, and tell them about that, and I'm like, Michael, Gabe, knock it off. <laughs>
1: they're
2: they're always they're always present. You know, they're like, well, you didn't, you know, you really should bring this up, or you really should bring that up, and I'm like, yeah, 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 okay, okay, you
1: know. Well, hey, we're all. I'm a big fan of all the yeah. archangels. I'm a big fan yeah
2: they they try to they try to stick their stick their two cents worth in but every now every now and then i'll be on a show and you know the demons will come through and people get people get freaked out
1: Oh, yeah, I understand that. Um, you know, I, I do tell people there's a lot of humor, though, on the other side. You know, I, I always say, yeah, you know, 50,000 comedians out of work and this other side's trying to be funny right now.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Because
1: if you don't have a good sense of humor, um, n- none of this makes any sense. I mean, it becomes a little silly, but um, it, it, it gets way dark. If you're going to work in the dark, you've got to be really, really, really light. And with yeah. light comes a lot of humor and laughter and good times. Yeah. And, You have to
2: have a you have to have a sense of humor. That's why when I created Ghosts and Girls Paranormal, I created the logo for it with you know these two girls, you know, one holding a recorder, peeking around a corner, and the other one behind her, and then a ghost behind that one looking scared. You know, you gotta have a sense of humor about it. Like what I do is dark, you know. People sometimes people don't want to be close to me because of what I do. And I'm like, you know, it's not gonna rub up on you. It's not COVID. You know? God, give me a break don't um, get me started on COVID either
1: yeah no kidding that's a whole story in and of itself so yeah let's talk about your books um you, i'm gonna let you go down through them because you know them better than i do but if people wanted to get into a certain genre what tell me about your books that match up with that
2: well you know the, the first book i wrote was a medium's guide to the paranormal and that god told me to write that one he says i want you to write a book that lets people know that I do hear them and I hear their prayers, He says, but I give them what they need, which is not necessarily what they want. He says, you need to put that in there. I'm like, okay, so I'll write a book. All right, fine, whatever you say. But there's a lot of information about a lot of different subjects in there. And it's if you just want some basic information, general information, then that's a really good one. Mm-hmm um paranormal encounters book one and two are just some of my lighter paranormal encounters and then there is i did a paranormal romance there's never been one done like this it's called out of time it's told from not only the heroine and the hero's point of view but the animal's point of view as well as the spirit guides and the ghost's point of view so it's kind of a lot of people really like it but anyway so that's a paranormal romance then i wrote um the dark side of the paranormal because people have been for years wanting me to write about the dark side of the paranormal Mm -hmm. because i deal with it so much and i had my friend had talked me into being a vendor at the body mind spirit expo and you get to give a lecture an hour lecture Mm -hmm. so i thought you know my friends are like oh talk about angels i'm like hell no i'm not going to talk about angels so i'm going to talk about what people need to know and so I, I talked about the dark side of the paranormal and i got into i was late getting into the room and i got in there in a standing room only and i'm like holy crap okay mm-hmm. so you know it's like so i decided to make create the book because so many people needed help needed to know and then i did um Demon Seekers, the journey begins. The first in a seven series book, book series. And it is based on the archangels that are in the world today. The first one is based on me. The second one, which I just released a month or so ago, is based on Hanel. And that takes place in Stonehenge in the UK, where I've been several times. And uh, so there are more of those coming out. Then there's Demon Seer, The Awakening. Demon Seer, I released a year ago, March, and it talks about how the negative entities are affecting the world today, how they're working in the world today, and I have a couple of really good um, chapters, one on how to help yourself and where to find help, and, you know, Dr. Uh, Father uh, Ron Fael of the Order of St. Michael of Exorcists, he's, he's, consented to be in there the johnson brothers in there um several other people to where that people can find you know get help their links are in there and one on protection what will protect you and what won't protect you the myths behind the realities and don't listen to some of these people on these shows paranormal shows because it irritates me
1: uh you me too that just drives me crazy sometimes
2: I do have a new book that I'm in process. It's called the Angel Primer, and it talks oh, about
3: primer, the angel.
2: It? Yeah, the Angel Primer. Okay. It talks about warrior angels, archangels that are reborn into the physical world. It gives them information on how to meld, how to communicate, how to create uh, devices for protection and swords. And all kinds of things like that. It's it's basically a crash course and for warrior angels that are reborn to the physical world to help them to get acclimatized and to know what to do and how to do it.
1: What kind of jobs do they typically have if they're reborn into the world?
2: They're usually reborn for a reason. Um, I know of a couple warrior angels that were reborn in order to uh, basically bring down an individual who has, who had a past life as, as uh, Hitler and and, uh, among others, Jack the Ripper. So it's all about bringing him down. That was their goal. There are others, you know, like warrior angels, they're they're all warrior angels, but they have, you know, specialties of healing or strategists or uh, communications or you know, uh, basically social workers, they all have their own individual uh, individual specialties. Some are light bringers. Some are all about finding the dark ones and reporting it to the archangels so that they can get rid of them.
1: Gotcha. So as far as a kind of employment in the mm-hmm. human sense, Yeah, is there a field or two that you said social workers is there other fields that tend to be these
2: usually if they're a social worker
1: on the other side as
2: a warrior angel Uh they're in the physical world they're going to be something close to that or in that same general field some are in communications you know writing whether it's be writing or newscasting or what have you um but they usually they intertwine with what their specialty is on the other side
1: is is there a way that the average person could look at somebody or just be around them and go you know there's something about this person
2: there are from a medical point of view i'll tell you there are signs and symptoms okay they're usually um if you're a warrior angel you have a feeling like you just don't fit into the world you move to a different drummer and you just you just you're not really here, you know, you're only half here, you have abilities, you know, that you're meant for other things, but you can't quite find your way, you don't know, you have abilities, and you don't know how to harness them, bring them together. And when you're around other, you'll be drawn to people that have angelic energy within them as well. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of people that connect with me are are warrior angels because they're wanting to find out who and what they are. And the gotcha. warrior angel will only give their name once because her name is power. And if they don't know what their angel name is, I will give that to them. And I will I have a step-by-step on how to for the warrior to meld the esoteric and physical consciousness with the soul consciousness, which is the warrior angel. So I have like a, a bit of a step-by-step for that to help them. It doesn't always work the first time. And usually if you're a warrior angel, you're not born knowing you're a warrior angel. You just know you're not quite the same as everybody else. I was born knowing what I am. That's that's the that's, difference.
1: That is a big difference.
2: Because of Ariel and my grandmother knew there was a prophecy in the family that was the women in our family passed down from the 14th century that said there would be a female child born. With the ability to see, hear, communicate, and kill demons. And it was passed down from generation to generation. And when my grandmother, when my mother dumped me off on my grandmother, and my grandmother held me, she said, I knew exactly that that was you. How
1: about that? Do you get when you talk about, I mean, a lot of people talk about getting goosebumps and energy flow. When do you get that? And in what situation does it come up?
2: Um i don't i i'm so used to doing this sort of stuff right. you know that i just know what's there i get adrenaline flow because yeah. i know especially if there's a demon there it's like ariel's like front and center wanting to come out all the time it's like and my my friends are like oh put her back in put her back in it's not time yet you know <laughs> wait 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 and I'm like, you know, that sort of thing, I get adrenaline rush and I know that they're there and I know where they are and what they are.
1: Sounds familiar. Um, yeah. let's me, <laughs> let me ask you, um, do, Does your when she comes forward, do people tell you that they, I mean, of course, psychics will tell you, typically I would think they would tell you more detail, but would an average person see your face more yeah. for changes? Yeah. Is that what yeah. happens?
2: Yeah, a lot of normal people normal yeah. people, whatever, average people right. will see that. That's why they always looked at me weird, you know, when I would do the removals. Right. I'd go to a location and most of them were just regular people.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I don't want to keep you. This is so cool. I could, I could sit and talk with you for hours and, uh, and probably never come to an end, but just fascinating. Tom, do you, have you got some kind of final closing question or
4: anything? i just found this really interesting you know when you hear dark side the first up yeah. to my head is star uh, star was
2: yeah yeah <laughs> the dark side
4: <laughs> And i think a lot of people believe that well like we said the tv shows the movies yeah the picture.
2: yeah yeah but. it's 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 not like it is on tv i mean i was i did a stint on ghost adventures and you know i I told Zach off camera, I said, that demon that took your sight in the demon house, I said, that's the same one that's come to visit. So you better listen to him. I said, because I'll give you the information and you better do
3: what he says. Very cool. Isn't that cool? Absolutely. Well, um, June, you got a, a,
1: just a huge resume of things that are, you know, paranormal and stuff. Is there any anything you want to leave us with? I mean, you do this kind of work. Is there any of those angels got any any words of wisdom for, for Tom or I or what we're doing?
2: Well, you know, it's just the basic thing is to bring awareness of the dark and to make sure that you tell them if they think, if they're on an investigation or they're in their house and they think there's something dark, the, their biggest pet peeve is to don't acknowledge it to acknowledge it makes it see you and you don't want it to see you that's their you know that's their words of wisdom
1: Gotcha, you got gotcha. you well great folks um this has been fascinating and if you've ever wanted to know the real stuff behind exorcisms i think you heard it today and you know man we we got to have june back sometimes so we go into phase two of this because it sounds so much fun so um anyway i will just say folks um you know on behalf of tom and i here at the uh, metaphysical mysteries podcast and june man thanks for being here and uh we really appreciate your time and and uh You know, we will see you next time. No question about it.
2: All right. You guys take care. I had a great time.
3: Thank Thank you. you.